I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. You know what I realized today? What? This is our first ever episode published not during the Trump era of presidency. Yes. It's a new dawn. It's a new age. It's the same podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What has been around officially longer than the Trump presidency? Unhappy hour. I mean, not yet. Well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did we start? When did we, we start? started in 2017? So a full year and a half into the Trump presidency. Well, I I feel like we'll outlast him eventually. Oh, absolutely. But because you know what? There's still a lot to complain about, even in under this new administration. Yeah, as happy as I was to see him get on his little airplane and fly away. That was a big uh, ass airplane. And yeah, by little airplane, I mean the one that we pay for. <laughs> But yeah, as happy as I was, I was still like, oh, I, all, my life still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, all of my problems are still here. Nothing has gone away. Nothing has been fixed yet. We'll see. I know I was legitimately having a conversation with myself over like whether my life improved over the last four years. And unfortunately, the answer is yes. Not because of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like hate to give him any satisfaction of knowing that my life improved while he was president. I mean, um, I think that any improvement would not be something that he cares about. So I think you're fine. <laughs> like he's not going to gain right. satisfaction from that. <laughs> would also say, yeah, it was in spite of him, not because mm, of him exactly. in any way that we prevailed. We survived. And yet our complaining goes on as it always does. Because even in the best of times, it, it, we are also celebrating the worst of times. Amen. Uh, you know who said that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that book. Mr. Chuck Dickens can eat my asshole because I don't give a shit. Oh, he has a, he had such a hard childhood and he went to a, an orphanage and all he got was one ladle of gruel. Grow up. Oh, and now you have to write a whole bunch of books about it? Who was this a tweet that I'm thinking of where someone was like, yeah, of course, at the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone was like, oh, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, like wrote fucking King Lear, whoever wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, because they didn't have anything else to do. There was no distractions back then. What are you no. going to be distracted by? A bunch of uh, shit? Or a shit river in the street? It's exactly what I was thinking about. I was thinking, what, distracted by throwing your shit out the window onto a, <laughs> a gutter in the street? That's the yeah. only thing that you had to worry about. You know how many things I have to worry about? <laughs> like 11. <laughs> Far more than Da Vinci did. So don't come at me and say, oh, I should have been more productive in these last 10 months. No. 
Mr. Dickens. Anyway, I don't know how we got here. We have a lot <laughs> to get to in today's episode. Uh, but the most important thing really always is the attitude that we bring. And mm-hmm. my attitude is anger, as always. So coming up today, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of this week. After that, we're diving deep into Cove Idiots. See what we did there? Yeah, brilliant. We're yeah. almost a year into this shit. There's a new strain, several new strains, and people are still walking around like we don't all breathe the same goddamn air. I was so pissed today because I went to Best Buy. Best Buy. I went at 11 a.m. right when they opened. Basically, I had to order something, went to Best Buy to pick it up, and there was a whole line, and this man just cut, he cut right in front of me. As he if budged. Was, as if there was no, no one else there. You and bludgeoned I was like, a budger. Sir, this year of all years, you're going to play this <laughs> as if as if we're, we don't belong to, to the same society. And finally, we've got Bob the Drag Queen on the pod. Bob, what, what does Bob not do? She won the eighth season of RuPaul's Drag Race. She hosts HBO Max's reality series, We're Here. She's acted in High Maintenance, a black lady sketch show. And now she's a guest complainer on Unhappy Hour. That's right. We have another drag queen, another RuPaul girl on you Unhappy Hour. You are welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We are bringing you the gays, the drag queens, the Claire Saffitzes. We've we've got it all on this podcast. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First. All right. According to local Chinese media, three ice cream samples submitted for food inspection tested positive for the coronavirus no not ice cream no not ice cream no <laughs> this is why i had to make my own ice cream yeah everyone is going to have to be making their own ice cream because coronavirus has just wiggled its way into every facet of our lives and is, is stripping away all of our joy if we can't be sitting at home stuffing ice cream into our faces uh, as if there are no consequences, what's left? What are we supposed to do? I can't think of anything else I would rather do, and I don't want to do anything ever. Yeah, what am I, I going to write a masterpiece? R- no. Write, write the next great American novel? You can't do that without ice cream in your mouth and your belly and your soul. Absolutely not. No. Ice cream is inspiration. So yeah, there are there are there were three ice cream samples that tested positive for the coronavirus. I mean, coronavirus ice cream. That's that sounds like a new Ben and Jerry's flavor. Oh. I would I would eat that. That's not even a joke. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. <laughs> dairy Queen, more like Dairy COVID nineteen. Wow. I, am I right? <laughs> wow. I feel like there you could maybe do something with like wait, what is it? Dancing Queen. Dairy Only, no, that's Queen, young and sweet, she's got COVID-19. <laughs> dun, uh, there it dun, is. Uh, There's the joke. Uh, we got it. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, three samples tested positive. They were a strawberry, a chocolate, and t- taro. Taro? 
I don't know what tar. I think it's a type of root. It's a root. It's a root. Yes. Yeah. A virologist was like, it probably is just a one-off thing that like, uh, you know, some someone was sick and they coughed on the ice cream and like uh, it was able to stay alive because of the temperature that um, uh, ice cream is kept at. But they said, of course, any level of contamination is not acceptable, always a cause for concern. But the chances are that this is the result of an issue with a production plant. So it's like, OK, it's it's fine. I just wanted to include this because I thought it was funny that ice cream tested positive for coronavirus. I want to be the scientist who gave who gave this tub of ice cream a nasal swab. Am I right? <laughs> Bend over. Where, Let me stick this in. <laughs> That's what I'd do if I'd be if I if I were actually a scientist. Let me do all of my experiments on ice cream. Next, police in the town of Beaverton, Oregon. Yes, would live there. Yes, great name. I want to, am I right, fellas? Bring me to Beaverton. I'll go to town. Police in the town of Beaverton say that a man stole a woman's SUV from a parking lot while she was in a a grocery store. And then as the thief was driving away, they realized uh, there was a toddler in the back seat. Oh, my. So the thief turned around, went back to the store and then berated the mother for leaving their (laughs) child unattended. (laughs) Before handing the child to, back to them and then driving away with the stolen car. <laughs> yes. Hero. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, so the police... moral superiority in this moment <laughs> is just uh, baffling. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what an Oregon accent is, so I won't attempt one. But I just love the idea of this person being like, anybody could have come along and stolen your kid. <laughs> as they were stealing their kid (laughs) (laughs) the audacity to continue stealing the car too yeah just incredible i mean i i like this is the kind of like robin hood thievery that i'm a fan of which is Mm -hmm. like what is property right what it what belongs to anybody we're all (laughs) citizens of of what i like to call earth okay so nobody owns anything we're all sharing this. And this this concerned thief was like, hey, this is I'm going to take this car now. Um, and it's mine. I, you know, we, we will share it. But this is your fucking kid. <laughs> A police spokesman said that the woman went to the grocery store. It was like 15 feet away from her car. Uh, so I guess it was like a small little grocery store. But they they left their four year old kid inside with the engine running, but the vehicle was unlocked. Which like my mom like used to do this. Yeah, I mean like there are definitely <laughs> laws about that now because it is not a good idea. Right. I mean it's worse if the engine is not on. Is it really illegal if the if you're if the doors are locked? I mean you're not you're old. not allowed to leave kids in cars. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. The police person was like, yeah, the thief actually lectured the mother for leaving the child in the car and threatened to call the police on her (laughs) as he was stealing her car. Um, The police officer said, oh, the police officer said the woman did nothing wrong and was within sight and sound of the child. But the incident served as a good reminder to take extra precaution Clearly, she did something wrong if someone was able to steal her car with her kid in it. 
Yeah, how are you a police officer saying, oh, she did nothing wrong? Her kid almost got kidnapped. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Obviously, we're thankful he brought the little one back and had the decency to do that. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> the only reason your kid is not dead is because of the generosity of this thief. <laughs> And then they found the vehicle a few hours later. So the uh, the thief didn't even use it. He they, he just needed it for a few hours. I do love that the uh, the description uh the the suspect uh, description. I'm not even going to give the full description cuz frankly I feel like he deserves to be free. <laughs> um but it did say he was wearing a multicolored face mask and I love Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just anybody in Oregon. (laughs) Um, And finally, you're not going to like the story. And I apologize in advance. We might have to go quickly through this. (laughs) Scientists have recently discovered a new way for snakes to attack you. And my panic is (laughs) bubbling up. (laughs) Apparently, they can climb like a lasso. And when I initially Sorry, read this, people, people on the podcast can't hear that my entire face just dropped <laughs> in, in absolute horror. Um, but know that that is what my face just did. Initially, when I read this, I was like, OK, they learned how to like put their head up and then like whip themselves like a lasso. Uh, that is not that is not the case. <laughs> Basically, there was this like conservation place in uh, Micronesia which is a very small version of Nisha. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and these researchers were like, uh, they built a whole bunch of metal cylinders to prevent uh, predators uh, like snakes or raccoons from climbing up into their bird boxes that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that snakes and raccoons are in the same category here because they are both, both demons. And then the scientists discovered that the snakes were able to climb these barriers by basically tying themselves around it with a loop. I don't know how to describe it with words, which is what my job is here. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, you picture a lasso. There's a circle and then a long part, right? So it's like they would tie themselves with a circle and then use the circle to climb while their head (gasps) was the other part. (laughs) I I see what you mean. It's almost like a pretzel that you like slightly unbraid the pretzel and like the butt of the pretzel is the part that's shimmying up. It kind of looks like if you've ever dyed eggs... Okay, no, I'm a Jew. Yeah, I was going to like <laughs> never okay, done sure. that ever in my life. <laughs> well, for listeners, if you've ever dyed uh, eggs, they sometimes in the package, the tie dye packet or the egg dye package, they say they you, there's like a little dipper <laughs> that has like a little circle for the egg and then the long like label okay, I, that I, you I, hold. I know what that is. Yeah. And that's what the snakes do. And they use the circle part to like shimmy up. So, yeah, they were. All they were trying to do was protect the birds. And then the scientists were like, oh, great. We found a freakish new way that snakes can climb. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I they, hate that because I have such distinct memories of when I was little at campgrounds and I would see a picnic table and I would think, okay, so if I see a snake on the ground, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump onto the picnic table because they won't be able to get up there. But now I know that my little child brain was wrong and they very much could have because they could have shimmied their goddamn way up the picnic table. And that's deeply upsetting. And I'm glad I didn't know that when I was a child. Yeah, I basically... I mean, the good news is, is that basically the scientists were like, the better we understand how they're able to climb, the better we're able to stop them from climbing. So mm-hmm. the more we know, knowledge is power, is is the essence here. So now Beautiful. we know how to fight them. You know thine enemy. Now we have another image for me to spiral <laughs> when I'm having an anxiety attack. I said you wouldn't like it. I know. <laughs> Just don't go to Little Nisha. Snakes are everywhere. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want all of the Worst Things First stories that you didn't hear in this week's episode, you can subscribe to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Matt Bellisai for Worst Things First story bonus video and a whole bunch of other stuff. And next, we're diving deep into COVIDiots. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so I don't know what a few good things have happened so far in 2021, right? We got a new president. My radiator stopped making gunshot sounds. That's pretty much the end of my good list. So some great stuff happening, but you know who's not taking the hint and 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 getting the heck out of town, Mister Coronavirus. And yeah, coronavirus is a man. I'll say it. Everybody was making Miss Rona jokes at the beginning of all of this, and we've all seen the pictures of blown up. The microscopic pictures blown up. It looks like a tennis ball with a bunch of red dicks coming out of it, just shoving them in everybody's faces all willy nilly. Showing up where he's not wanted. Deflating everybody's energy. Sounds like a man to me. But yeah, look, we're getting close to a year into this pandemic. And even though we had basically zero guidance from the beginning, it's zero leadership, we still know a lot more now than we did a year ago. And yet people continue to do what people do and disappoint me. So it's time we bitch yet again about pandemic idiots. Can I also just say that I had to recently look at my calendar from January 2020 uh, for something and I went back and looked at it. I did so much. I I like had so many events that I was going to. I had so many like dinners with friends and like I like I forgot oh yeah i forgot anyway i forgot (laughs) i got kind of emotional the other day just thinking about like eating at multiple restaurants (laughs) like we used to eat indoors at multiple places yeah like in a day like multiple times a week (laughs) yeah or a day (laughs) right so like just go and like meet people in public yeah i had like four events on a saturday it's like you go to brunch and then we're going to a comedy show that night. And but like in between, I'm going to stop by my friend's open house. OK, well, that all sounds I mean, exhausting. yeah, it was. I did. <laughs> I did like mostly panic looking at that old calendar being like, how did I ever? Yeah. No, we're all going to have to really ease back in 
I can't really be expected to go to more than like one event a week. Yeah. <laughs> Just events. Wasn't that Catherine Cohen's Events, Cohen events. Song? I want to go to events. <laughs> oh, no, invite me to your events. <laughs> yeah, I think about that. Song no, I don't want to go to events. <laughs> I mean, I'll go, but only like, yeah, one. No, actually, I take that back. I'm going to go to all of the events. <laughs> I will be I will be socializing extremely. Also, yeah, I wanted to say, um, I mean, there was there's been some conversation about whether shaming is actually an effective way of getting people to stop doing something. And uh, yeah, there's some research on it. And uh, spoiler alert, apparently it doesn't actually work. <laughs> it just makes people hide their behavior and it doesn't uh, it doesn't it doesn't do anything positive. But listen, I'm not here to shame people who are not doing the right thing. Mostly I'm here to have a bitch session and to commiserate with all of us who are actually doing the right thing because we're not alone, even though we're technically alone. <laughs> even though we're technically alone, we're we're all in this together. Those of us who are doing it right. Just like that high school musical song. Uh never seen that film. <gasps> we're I still all in never this seen it. We should watch it this weekend. <laughs> First, people who still refuse to cover up their musty ass muzzles with a mask. I don't understand how we've made it one year into Mr. Coronavirus, and some people are still putting up a fight for putting a piece of goddamn fabric on your face. It's not that hard. It's really not. It's literally the least you could do. Any complaints about not being able to breathe with a mask on is... I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets from the last year was uh, this guy, Neil, who was like... Uh, if science is real and evolution is real, then why haven't we evolved to have a mask? Our bodies have everything they need to like protect ourselves. And the top reply was quick question, Neil, do you have shoes? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you fucking dumbass. Are you, are you just walk around naked everywhere and not do anything? Wearing High, no. Wearing high-waisted pants is a hundred times more difficult and constricting than wearing a face mask. Also, it's like, well, yes, true. <laughs> wearing high heels, Frankly, way more just difficult. Putting on pants yes. is more difficult for me these days than than strapping my ears onto a mask. Underwire bra? Uh, no, masks is way easier. Yeah. The most upsetting thing, honestly, is that the mask technology has not really improved. No, not at all. In the past year. Or or since the like Spanish flu. You see photos of people in masks and you're like, oh, that's still what we wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I guess gets at the idea that it is just like literally a piece of fabric. And that's the point. But it's like. And the shitty thing is, it's like we shouldn't have we shouldn't still be having to wear masks like I think it didn't improve like the technology didn't improve because in the beginning we were like, oh, it's only going to last like a, 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 a week. Yeah. Back when we were like, oh, we, oh, we just have to stay inside for like two weeks. And we were all like, oh, not this smash cut two. <laughs> Next, uh, anybody who's throwing an actual party right now. Insane. Insane. Even Charles Entertainment Cheese had the decency <laughs> to shut down his business because he knew that people were not allowed to come in. And that in. man loves a party. 
I say this as someone who, like we said, I'll go to events. I'll go to parties when this all ends. I'm never dying to go to a party. No. I'm never like, oh, my God, I would love to be in a room full of sweaty people right Unless now. it's karaoke. And yes. No. Yeah. I do want to go to karaoke fairly badly. So badly. <laughs> but the point is, I just, there's no party that I'm like, I would risk it all to go to this party. Mostly because my anxiety levels would be through the roof the whole time. Like, I wouldn't be able to talk to anyone because I would just be thinking about COVID. Yeah. And I hate the mentality that is like... Um, oh, you just have to like let your fear go. Like what happens, happens. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's how we got into this goddamn mess. <laughs> it's because that's not how it works, actually. Actually, if we all did what we were supposed to do, uh, like for the first two weeks, we would have been do- done with We probably this. like could be at actual parties. Right, right. I could be getting fisted <laughs> in the middle of a frat house right now. Which theoretically I could still do because, well, no, because uh, COVID lives in the anus too. It's everywhere. This has been Science with Matt. What's next? Oh, yeah, we have people, we have the vaccine and the people who refuse to get the vaccine because it could have side effects. (laughs) Listen, I'm at the point where like I will willingly grow a third arm if it means (laughs) I get to go to Planet Hollywood again. Oh, remember Rainforest Cafe? We'll never be able to go again. How sad is that? Yeah. And by again, we never went together, but I dreamt about that, you know? What was that place? Was it Planet Hollywood? There was a place near my house that had a talking tree. I have no idea. Okay, I'm phrasing this as if you know my childhood, (laughs) which you should. I basically do. There was like a theme, a theme like arcade slash fun zone, like a Chuck E. Cheese, but they had like a talking grandmother tree, like from Pocahontas. Let me look this up because I arcade with talking tree. <laughs> uh, oh, we used to go. This is why I'm thinking of it. There was a place near my house growing up called Hollywood Park. Oh. Not Planet Hollywood. Have you have you Never been to Hollywood heard Park of before? Holly- Hollywood Park. I don't think it's a franchise. Sounds, I think it was just like. S- it sounds like bootleg. Planet <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood. This is where we grew it's up. Knock off Disney. <laughs> but I swear, I just saw some. Yeah, they had like go karts. They had an arcade. They had like um, mini golf. But then they had like. What do you call those places like in Chuck E. Cheese that are like, there's a ball pit, there's tubes you crawl through. The tube, yeah, the, play, the, tube the area. playground, yeah. Yeah, there was that, but then there was like a talking tree. <laughs> and I saw someone tweet about it in a way that made it seem like it was universal. Maybe I just, it was a niche thing that I related to. The point is, I would like to make out at a talking <laughs> tree at a theme park. And if I have to get shot up with whatever scientific abomination that is the vaccine, then I will. Amen. What else? Oh, people who think the vaccine has a microchip in it. Like, okay. First of all, nobody cares about your shitty life. <laughs> nobody wants to follow you around or track. Except Amazon. Uh, yeah. The truth is we live in a uh, surveillance yeah, state. Yeah, we do. And, uh, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's the not problem, fine. <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is why I just follow the thread here. 
like this is the thing when you talk to people who believe in these conspiracy theories where it's like if you interrogate it for even one second it breaks down (laughs) and that is why why would someone want to go through microchipping you through a vaccine when you're carrying a phone around with a camera every second of every day you sit in front of a computer screen every second of every day you walk outside there's approximately a thousand cameras looking at you Get over yourself. We are being watched all the time. Jeff Bezos knows how big your dick is. It doesn't matter. All I want to do is go to Hollywood Park and make out with the tree. And finally, one year into the pandemic, the fucking idiots who stand right behind me at the grocery store. No! Okay, one thing that I hope lasts long after COVID is gone is people need to stay the fuck away from me. (laughs) This is something that was true even before this shit, okay? If you are right up on my bumper, if I can feel your dick on my cheeks, you are too close, okay? I'm sick of being at at a store or anywhere where it's like... In normal times, you are too close to me. Why are you this close to me? I should not be able to feel the heat coming off of your junk. Because famously, the junk emits a a great deal of heat. Mm -hmm. That's one of the few areas. It's the armpits, the feet, and the junk. If you put me under one of those... uh, Heat sensors? Heat heat sensors. Uh Guess what? My junk would be hot red. Red hot lava. Just incandescently red. Like staring into the sun. That's basically what I have to do as a survival tactic just to get people to stay away. Mm-hmm. I said when I was I, I went to Best Buy this morning, I was in line and this man cut right in front of me. And I was like, no, asshole. I'm standing. I'm, it looks like I'm not in line because I'm standing fucking six feet apart from the person in front of me. Even though it wasn't even like that. He just fully cut in front of me. <laughs> And it was so upsetting. <laughs> and of course, I didn't say anything. I was just like, okay, yeah, after you. <laughs> uh, the point is, we're almost one year. We're 10 months into this shit. I am still sick of every person, place, and thing that I confront. And I won't, de- I won't have it. I won't have it. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Anyway, everybody stay safe. If you're like us and you're doing what you're actually supposed to be doing and you're frustrated by everybody who's given up, then know that we're screaming with you. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Bob the Drag Queen coming up right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. 
I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you wanna understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Well, my guest complainer today, comedian, actor, drag race champion, Bob the Drag Queen. I mean, let's count the credits. Multiple stand-up specials. Yeah! HBO's We're Here. Sibling Rivalry, the podcast. I mean, you're doing everything. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. You know, I've always been something of a self-starter. My, you know, my first two specials, I produced myself and I paid for myself, which I I, I always told myself, I, I, after doing the first one, I was like, next time someone better pay me to be funny. I'm not paying for myself to be funny again. Um, and then <laughs> no one paid me. So I said, well, I better go do it myself again because no one is going to pay for these jokes unless I pay to get these jokes out there unless I do it myself, you know? Right. I mean, however you have to do it, you do it. Right? We like to get started by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Um. Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that there's, uh, I don't like, uh, there's this like meme or this like movement in like online culture that revolves around being wholesome that I don't particularly vibe with. Folks to be like, oh my God, you're so wholesome. <laughs> and I'll be like, I mean, I get, like, I don't identify uh-huh. as that. Um, but I mean, if you see that for me, go off, I guess. I, I think I have more more facets to my personality than wholesomeness. Yeah. Yeah, I have noticed that too. It does feel like people are like, maybe it is a backlash to how cynical the internet can be. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It feels like people are putting it on. Um, Which, I mean, I... I respect people's notion to present themselves however they want on the internet i respect people's um Mm -hmm. right to want to appear on the internet different than they are in real life i mean go off right yeah i guess there's something about um yeah just to like openly being a piece of shit that (laughs) it's never gonna come back and bite you if you're just if you if people know you're an ass from the get-go well, I mean, that kind of right? works. Yeah. So like, for example, like Howard Stern, whose whole thing was he's a shock jockey and he was kind of a bit of a bully on, on the radio. And it really ended up working in his favor over the years. But it seems like, I mean, at least from the outside, it seems like you are a relatively positive person. It doesn't seem like you are... I'm like, I've, uh, this show obviously is called Unhappy Hour. I feel like I am like... I bring depression to everything. It seems like you you, you are the opposite. You're, you're a dementor. I'm de- I de- yeah, I'm a dementor. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, but am I am I like a positive person? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I don't think that I'm. I, I uh, am one of those folks who like comes into the room smiling, and everyone's like, "Look who's here!" Is the the smiliest. I mean, in most of my friend groups, I'm known because I don't smile ever. 
doesn't mean I'm not happy, uh-huh. but I, I don't know that I would uh, identify as a ball of joy. Um, but I'm <laughs> okay. also not like, a, I'm not, I'm not a negative pessimist, but I'm not one of those folks who's like, right, I'm not right. someone who's, who's going to be happy every time you see me. I have, I, I would say right. drag queens are a lot like human beings. We have a lot of the, we have a lot of the emotions that a human being would have. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, there's some overlap. There's some yeah, overlap for sure. there. Car- both carbon-based life forms. You get it. Right. Yeah. Did you just move to LA? Like in the last about a month ago. How for for work or uh, what was that process? Yeah, I got a job at the H and R Block here. Dude, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm, qu- I'm quitting comedy <laughs> and I'm going into numbers. Because uh, numbers will always be here. Comedy, who knows? Yeah, that's not going away. No, I, I moved here because I wanted to buy a house. And you can buy a bigger house in L.A. than you can in New York. That's really what it boils down to. That is true. <laughs> yeah, it does make me angry when people uh, debate the the relative cost of L.A. and New York. And it's like, no, they're both expensive. You'll just get more shit in where are you? Where are you? Um, I'm in this purple box that is in uh, New York. you like so, what's up with this curtain? Is this a real curtain? Are you green screen? What's good? This is a real curtain. So you just have a, you just have a purple curtain in your in your home. It's just one of those <laughs> things where if you turn the I, camera, it's like a disaster, and you have this one tiny yeah, corner. There's absolutely. If you saw the other side of this camera, it is uh, a full shit hole. Will you show me? Uh, well, you're actually in my. I have like a proper like Canon SLR uh, setup on a mm-hmm. tripod, so I literally can't mm-hmm. turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> excuses excuses it took me like two months to set this up <laughs> that is that's such a new yorker it took me two months to set this up so i'm gonna die in this apartment like i can't move now <laughs> i just moved also like a couple of months ago from manhattan to brooklyn what are all your friends what did all your manhattan friends think when you took the plunge into brooklyn hood I actually have more friends in Brooklyn than, like, a lot of them also move. One of those. Uh, so, One of those. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I guess, seems inevitable for most people to move to L.A. if you're in the entertainment industry. It just feels like at some point you're going to move to L.A. That is, like, the thing. But you are one of those people who is so, like, in New York. Was that, uh, was a part of you, like, oh, no, I'm leaving I'm leaving my, like, base of New York? Yeah, well, I mean, New York City, it feels like home. I lived in New York City longer than any town I've ever lived in. Uh, I lived in New York City for 12 years, um, which I've never lived in any mm-hmm. town that long. It, it does feel like I, I lost a little something leaving New York, quite frankly. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I can p- pick at that wound. You are a little dementor. You're right. <laughs> You are going to suck the life out of any room you go into. New York also feels like a town for people who don't mind living on top of each other and in small spaces. And I think that I'm no longer interested in that. And it took me a long time to admit that. I don't want to live in a small space. Like I, I just have a lot of shit. And I just need more space, quite frankly. And the other answer is move to New Jersey. And I'm not fucking moving to New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We all have our limits, especially this year. There's one thing that will break any person. And that is living in New Jersey. Are you in West Hollywood? I'm in West Hollywood, yeah. Um, Are you asking for my dress, dirty, dirty girl? (laughs) Um, um, My year has been a lot of internet drag. I mean, I I hosted two seasons of The Pit Stop on VH1's YouTube page, on RuPaul's Drag Race YouTube page. 
Um, I've been doing a lot of photo shoots. We even filmed the last episode of We're Here in my apartment in New York City. Really? How did that work? I mean, me and my boyfriend sat down and <laughs> filmed the show, and then I would upload all the footage. <laughs> I mean, I would talk to the producer through Skype or Zoom or whatever, and then he would interview right. me, and then we would upload all the footage, and I would use my microphone and everything, and we would upload the footage to this server, and then... They made a TV show. So if you want to catch it out, it's the last episode of season one of uh, We're Here. For people who hadn't seen the first season of We're Here, what what's the what's the elevator pitch? Oh, I mean, We're Here is a show about uh, three drag queens coming to town to put on one fierce, a one-time only uh, fierce drag show. A lot of people think that it's a makeover show or that it's a uh, kind of like, it's not like Queer Eye or anything like that because... On Queer Eye, they're getting something they can use. They're like making over their houses or giving them clothes or haircuts. We're really just doing a show and connecting with people on a human level. Right. So it's really more so about just like people connecting. And we're also just showing that there's queer culture in a lot of these towns. People think that if you are from Twin Falls, Idaho, there's no drag scene. But Lauren, you'd be shocked to realize when you get there, there's actually a thriving drag drag scene in Twin Falls, Idaho. Yeah, I was kind of, I mean, it's funny as someone like uh, a gay who lives in New York, I've traveled for comedy shows and I'm I am so, sort of surprised in some of these cities when I get to them and they're like, oh, yeah, we have drag shows on, on you know, these nights and all of these places. And yeah, I mean, you think yeah, I don't know. Listen, stop gays from having a good time, even even if they're surrounded by people who don't necessarily. That's, that's the thing about the gay community is, I mean, we can find a sense of community wherever we go because we we seek out people who are like us. So we can feel comfortable. Right. Right. And then we tear one another apart from the inside out. There it is. <laughs> I just had to bring the the Dementor energy. Oh, Dementor Matt. Oh, Matt. The, uh, Matt the gloomy. <laughs> I'm still amazed. Like, I feel like I can do an okay job putting a, a podcast together from my apartment. You know, I, I know how to slap up a, some, some curtains and a nice camera. But like... It's a podcast, not a, like an HBO television well, show. I mean, so I'm to amazed. To be fair, I, I did not put together. I just filmed myself in my basement. <laughs> and then, right, and then right. someone else. <laughs> you weren't editing yeah, a whole Several show. other people put a show together. <laughs> I just answered some questions while in the basement of my home. That's all I did. Right, right. Yeah, I assume that you were not executive producing. We're yeah, here no, from from your. Wait, I was not directing. We're here. <laughs> I was. That is. I don't want to give a falsehood. If you'd be like, did you like? That's gonna end up in the, in the like random facts about me on my wiki page. Bob actually directed the last episode <laughs> of We're Here from his basement. I truly have gotten so skeptical of everything that I read about any person because now I'm like. Is that actually true or did they just make a joke in an interview and then someone wrote it and it snowballs into something? Are you one of those? I was talking to my friend, one of my best friends on the exchange, and she, for some reason at the time, just could not believe that Mariah Carey wrote her first album. And I was like, well, that was her thing. Mariah Carey's whole thing was writing her own music. Everyone knows Mariah Carey writes her own music. It was one of the things that she was known for. And then she kept being yeah. like, I just can't believe that Mariah Carey wrote those songs. And I was like, well, someone wrote them. Why can't it be Mariah Carey? Like, why can't it be Mariah Carey? And it was like, some, someone else was talking to someone about they didn't believe that Taylor Swift wrote her own music. And I was like, why? What makes you, what makes you think in Katy Perry that Taylor Swift and Katy Perry are not writing their own songs? Like, someone wrote them. Why can't it yeah. be them? Artists that they respect, they will give them credit for writing their music, but if they don't respect them, they'll be like, well, I don't respect them, so there's no way they could have possibly written that. Right, right. 
So what you're saying, you're just really just revealing that Monet does not respect right. Mariah yeah. Carey. Well, apparently not, not as a songwriter, apparently. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess she thinks she's just the voice, and but not the brains to write a song, I guess. Yeah. Well, Mar- Mariah is also one of those people who has become like more myth than reality. So it makes sense that you someone would be like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if she like she just kind of came from within a Christmas tree at some yeah. point. Do you have a diva that like you would die for in the diva wars? Uh, not really. Maybe not in singing. I mean, I like singers, but I don't really go hard for singers like that. I'm more into like funny ladies <laughs> and like humorous. Humorous sure. speak to me more than than uh, divas. Okay, so who is on your who's on your list of of humorous? I mean, I literally have on my I have tattoos of two very funny ladies on my arm. I have a tattoo of Carol Channing um, on my right. left arm, and I have a tattoo of Whoopi Goldberg on my other arm. I mean, Whoopi and uh, Carol are my two favorite. I have, I even have like a tote bag somewhere around here with a picture of Whoopi and and, uh, and Carol on it. Like, I just love them so much. I'm, I can't find the bag, but it's in this mess of a room that I'm, that I'm trying to hide from everyone by tilting my camera slightly up. <laughs> I mean, that is the universal experience of this year is, is everyone finding out exactly what angle to place their camera at so that you can't see the, the Yeah, I just tilt the camera up Everyone's so you can't see camera. that my life is fully falling apart behind, behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that feels like a very drag experience. You just, you cover it with a little bit of, of foundation exactly. and a wig and you can dress anything Just a up. little bit of foundation, I, just a little. <laughs> so we're here you'll you'll start doing it was just greenlit for a second season right well not just it was it was greenlit probably maybe four months ago four or five months ago. okay got it and when do you have any idea of when production starts on that is that going to be like a pandemic shoot we'll be starting pretty soon it will be pandemic it will be starting pretty soon and we'll basically see how it goes like i mean the last episode we shot got shot got shut down because of coronavirus. So our very very last episode, we were getting ready to film, and we had shot two days, and then someone had tested positive, and we had to shut down the entire operation. Mm-hmm. And that person was fired, killed in the street, dragged to the street. They were strapped <laughs> to a New York City radiator, and uh, let's just say they didn't make it through the winter. Right, right. I mean, no, no one would. Okay, we uh, a few items that we we call this segment elaborate, which is having you elaborate on some tweets that you sent uh, about things that you hate. Okay, one one of them was about Doctor Pimple Popper crossing over to the dark side of the internet. Yeah. is that a good thing or no? A it's bad a bad thing? thing. Doctor Pimple Popper used to be like popping a few pimples and zits here and there, and now she's full on removing tumors. Like, she's taking knives, she's cutting people open, she's pulling out golf ball-sized cysts, tumors, and calling them pimples. Like, it used to be just like a little bit of like, ooh, how satisfying to see a little little pus come out. And now she's doing C-sections on Instagram. Did, at what point... Dr. Pimple Popper had like a full-blown TLC show, right? I think she still has a show. I don't understand. How do you make an entire like show about that? Well, I that? think she's making people feel good with getting like some of the stuff she like, this guy has a cyst in his neck that he's had there for years and he's so happy to get it off. So that's like I can see that being TV worthy. Um, and also when you when you when it comes to people's skin, making someone feel good about their skin, I mean that's that's a crying moment. So it has TLC written all over it. But once she started doing right. the really um, grotesque and like just the like graphic stuff, I had to tap out. I forgot for a moment um, 
And by for a moment, I mean, like, I never actually thought about Dr. Pimple Popper as doing a service to the people <laughs> that she's actually working on. <laughs> it's just yeah, of like course. she's she's like making their lives better. Yeah. But I just like it's presented in such a or at least on the like on Instagram. It's just like this is satisfying for the viewer yeah. to see someone else's like pus being drained um, that I forgot. Like, oh, yeah, I guess it's good for that person. Yeah. You were in the oddly satisfying <laughs> still, world of, of uh, Instagram. I that to me, like at no point is it satisfying, though. That's why I think I just was so firmly in the camp of like this is disgusting period mm-hmm. and not satisfying for anybody i don't i don't get the appeal of watching someone be drained well <laughs> and i i will stand by that phrasing <laughs> i mean watching someone get their nose scraped is interesting or watching some watching stuff come watching ooze come out of someone's skin is certainly interesting so i i see the appeal but to me she miss thing went too far well We'll, we'll let her know. We'll let <laughs> her know. Um, let's see. This is an older one. Who's more annoying than the person sitting in the seat in front of you on a plane? You also had one about someone reclining in front of you, which I I'm firmly in this in this camp too. Well, I'm not I'm not that firm because reclining on a plane is this. You have every right to recline on a plane, and sleeping upright is annoying. It is not comfortable. Also, the listen the recline is minimal i mean if you sat down in the seat with recline you wouldn't even know it was reclined it's not i wouldn't call it actual reclining as much as you, you're just right. leaning back a little bit but um the person in front of you is so annoying because they they you are aware of all of their movements and they're aware of none of yours so therefore it's like this right. person blithely unaware of make you convenient they don't care they don't see you and you don't exist to them but everything they do is affecting you personally right I hate I, I'm I'm tall I'm six three uh I when someone reclines in front of me like the the marginal amount of enjoyment that they get out of reclining that whatever three inches of recline that they yeah. get somehow translates into like 10 less inches for the person behind I'm tall you. as well I'm also a, a tall lady and um it is not um lovely when someone reclines on your knees no yeah. That is the one thing that I hope we we keep from this year is just keeping planes at like 25% capacity. One more. Uh, is anyone else annoyed when you try to shake someone's hand and they say, I'm a hugger? Oh, that's the worst. That is that is probably the worst thing someone could say. Like if I extend my hand, what I'm saying is I'm not a hugger. This right. isn't because <laughs> this isn't because I wanted to hug you and I was too shy to ask. This is because this is the interaction I prefer. And people who are huggers, they don't ask to hug. They just hug you without permission. So yeah. the handshake, which none of us are doing, the handshake is like this side for interact. And uh, and you also offer that you don't grab someone's hand. You hold your hand out and they get to decide if they're going to grab your hand. Huggers just grab you and go, I'm a hugger and just touch your body. Yeah, it's assault. Yeah, I, I, I don't like huggers. I do not like huggers. And when you're not a hugger, people who are huggers are like, but I saw you hug that other person. And I'm like, yeah, because I want to hug them and I don't want to <laughs> hug you. Yeah. Like, I get to decide who I hug. I don't owe everybody equal hugs. 
It does feel like I I hope that also lasts after this year that like I think we're so disgusted by the idea of touching anybody right now that like hugging it's going to take a while for for the hugging economy to come back. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into hugs. That is the, hugging does not speak to me. <laughs> good, good. You'll do well. You'll do well in the uh, in the aftermath of of this year. Um, Okay, well, before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? I mean, you're all over the internet. Um, Yeah, you can find me. um, You can go to bobthedragqueen.com. All of my stuff is listed there. And if you just go to any social media platform and type in Bob the Drag Queen, I will be the first one to pop up. And uh, when did your last special come out? February. Okay. And that's yeah. the your latest special, right? Yeah, Bob the Drag Queen Live at Caroline's. I'm very proud of it. It's available on iTunes. And uh, Suspiciously Large Woman, which came out about four years ago, no, maybe three years ago, is available on Amazon Prime. Got it, got it. Car- I do love Caroline's. That was, I mean, there's nothing like just performing in the middle of Times Square <laughs> in a basement comedy club. In a dinner theater, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you so much, and congrats on the move, and good luck, and Godspeed. And you too, and congrats on that purple room. It looks really nice. You look thank mad you. professional, son. Thank you, thank you. I can't wait to uh, have them drag my body out of here because there's no way I'm I'm taking it down after I put it up. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources to make our world a little bit better. Uh, What are we highlighting this week? This week is inspired by Fran Torado's newsletter. Fran is a friend of the pod. He's been a former guest complainer a couple of times. Um, He has a newsletter called Fran's Joy Digest, and it is so enjoyable and wonderful and there's also an action every week on that newsletter very similar to what we're doing in this show so first of all you should go get on that newsletter it's a great one and also wanted to talk about the action that fran pointed out this week so there are two anti-trans bills that are being voted on in montana by the time this podcast comes out the bills will have already been voted on but the aclu is going to sue if the bills pass essentially the bills bar trans youth from health care and also access to sports but montana is not the only state with these types of proposed legislation so if you live in or know people in indiana new hampshire alabama mississippi north dakota missouri texas tennessee utah or oklahoma or montana you can contact a rep and let them know that you oppose this type of discriminatory legislation. And since a lot of this is about trans kids playing sports and, you know, just trying to be on teams, uh, the ACLU has a really helpful article that is debunking four myths about trans athletes. We'll post that in the show notes because it's going to be really helpful for when you're talking about this kind of stuff with uh, your friends or your family or your reps when you call them. Amazing. All right, let's get into the uh, TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what have you been watching? I may have already mentioned it, but Search Party Season 4 is on right now uh, on HBO Max, and I've been watching it and absolutely loving it. This season is so good to get into a little bit of um the passover seder mentality if search party season four had just given us alia shaquette and cola scola in a lot of scenes together dainu it would have been (laughs) sufficient it would have been enough had they just given us the disney plot line 
Dainu, it would have been sufficient. It would have been enough. But they just they just go above and beyond. They make such strange choices and always pull them off. The cast, the like guest cast that they brought in this year, incredible. Every single character. It's just, it is so so good. I love it so much. Um, so I'm definitely watching that. And then uh, Riverdale is back, <laughs> baby. <laughs> and yes, I will be watching it. So stay tuned for my full review. Um, I really um, need people to watch that with me, please. Um, please, if you watch Riverdale and you're listening to this, feel free to DM me uh, and, and we can keep talking about it because it's it brings me so much joy. It's so stupid. What about you? What are you watching this week? I know. I need to start Riverdale. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> if, if you were already on the train, I'd say chug a lug right along with me. But it's a long, it's a long one. <laughs> yeah. Well, mostly, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a weird, uh, like, in-between show kind of moment where I don't mm. have anything. I was sort of watching Survivor. I'm a little... I, I watched like three seasons of it since last week. <laughs> 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 and I, I love it, but it's also like, okay, it's the same thing. I, it's just like, also, I started from the beginning with Survivor and uh, it was strange because the very first season of Survivor was in the year 2000. And it was weird remembering what TV was like back then, especially reality TV where like one of the very first contestants on survivor was a guy named Richard who was gay. And, uh, the other, there was another contestant who was like fully like this old war veteran type of guy. And the whole, his whole persona was like, I don't care if Richard's a queer, but like, (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yeah, like I still like him, even though he's a queer. Like I, I like after this, I'll never talk to him again. But uh, like he's he's a pretty nice guy, despite being a queer. <laughs> just like, and everyone was just like, "Oh, Rudy, <laughs> that's just old Rudy." <laughs> and it's so like that would never fly now, even though clearly it's like just this guy's opinion. Like opinion, I say in air quotes. Uh, but just like the way that it was broadcast with really no check on it besides everyone being like, oh, the crazy old Rudy. <laughs> so anyway, maybe I need to skip ahead some seasons uh, to get out yeah. of that early 2000s. Um, Homophobia. <laughs> uh, Survivor did some crazy shit. Yeah. So I'm watching that. Um, still watching everything else. Nothing exciting. What is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is an update from last week because last week I was very excited about the prospect of making ice cream. That even just the idea of it was bringing me joy. You know what brought me even more joy? Making the ice cream and then (laughs) eating it and it being delicious and awesome. I have never felt more powerful. Yes, you tried it. Um, Reviews? Amazing. Thank you very much. Um, It was a lightly salted vanilla ice cream base with chocolate chip cookie dough and i was most proud of the ratio of cookie dough to ice mm-hmm. cream um i really think i nailed that uh and this was just my first batch i am going to make more i'm gonna make more flavors i'm it's really enjoyable that and then also plants i've just i've bought a lot of plants lately i've bought a lot of 
pots for plants lately I propagated for the first time also made me feel very powerful. Um, so that the, both of those things, um, I'm just a little prairie wife, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, making, churning my ice cream and propagating my, my plants, you know? What about you? What's been bringing you joy? What's your non-TV chaser? I did genuinely have that thought this week where I was like, I would I would just love to be like like a prairie housewife. Yeah. Just like worry about what to make for dinner, keeping keeping the winds out of my cabin. <laughs> Every so often I'll dust my dirt floor. That sounds great. Um, what have I been doing? Um, yes, your ice cream was a highlight of the week. Uh Thank you. It paired perfectly with your babka. Yeah, I'm still determined. I'm, yeah, I'm determined to like get better at making babka because the first one I made when I was at home was so much better. Anyway, um, let's see. I finished a book, which is always exciting. Ooh. I read a book called The Heart's Invisible Furies. I don't know if you've heard of it. I recommend it. No. It's set in Ireland. And it is gay. Ooh. The most exciting thing was that I listened to the audiobook as I was reading it. And uh, I love an audiobook with an accent. Oh, yes. Especially when it was like he was doing all of the Irish accents um, <gasps> and all of their different, like all of the different uh, different dialect. <laughs> that was, yep, that was, <laughs> that was it. Australian. <laughs> Uh, you would think after listening to 21 hours of an audiobook <laughs> of someone with an Irish accent, I would have even a, a glimmer of One it. word. <laughs> One word. But yeah, it's very gay and very uh, Irish, and I liked it. The other one, inspired by last week that I didn't shout out, was um, my my humidifier in my, my bedroom. I'm trying to lean into making my bedroom like a true sanctuary. Oh, yes. And so um, the white having both the humidifier for its humidifying purposes, but also the like white noise of a of a humidifier. I like a lot. I also I've been very particular slash peculiar about not since I moved into this apartment, not putting up blackout curtains in my bedroom because mm -hmm. then I'm like, OK, then I can literally take a nap at any time. Like, we'll, we'll just never leave. So what I did instead, which I know you're going to say, this is the same exact thing. What is wrong with you? Is I got <laughs> these like extreme, this extreme like sleep mask. So it's, it's <laughs> exactly the same thing. <laughs> well, I guess though you're, you could take that off while still in bed and like it'll be bright in your room. The difference, yeah, the difference in why I actually, now that I'm talking it out, why I chose to do it this way is that I don't wear the sleep mask to sleep at night. Mm. So it's not like pitch black in my room. I mean, there's still like a little bit of ambient light. But when it's light in the morning, I like wake up when the light, with the light. It's like easier to wake up in the morning. Uh, and then when I do want to take a nap in the middle of the day, I'm able to like just block out the light entirely with this this like goggles that I have now. Anyway, so my bed, my bed is the my chaser. Also, my Patreon, uh, I know I mentioned it last week, but wanted to shout it out again in my chasers just to say 
Um, it's up, it's running. Uh, I have a bunch of content up there already, including all of the unhappy hour stuff, which is you're going to get bonus worst things first stories. You're going to get the full guest complainer interviews with video. So you can see my interview with Claire from last week that was done from my childhood bedroom when I was still in Chicago. You see the <laughs> shot of my my Barack Obama framed <laughs> portrait <laughs> uh, and this week with Bob the drag queen. And then uh, a couple of bonus series that you'll get only on Patreon, including Bitch and Bacon After Dark, which I just posted the first video from. <gasps> I made dick cookies. And they yes. look shockingly <laughs> detailed <laughs> 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 to the point where I'm like, I, I don't even feel comfortable like promoting this anywhere <laughs> visually. <laughs> anyway, so if you want to see me make dick cookies, that's on patreon.com slash And that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. So thank you for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Start spreading. Nothing. Your buns. (laughs) (laughs) Start spreading my buns. We should have a little button that goes, shameless plug. (laughs) Yeah. Shameless plug. (laughs) Don't use that. (laughs) I'll record a better version at some other time.